right, guys. So welcome to our second podcast. Uh, we had a great discussion earlier. Um, and now as we have the after show, we're going to kind of just elaborate more on something we already talked about. Uh, we touched on mental illness. We touched on anxiety, depression, uh, stress. Uh, I think this one, you know, as, as, as us, the fellas, you know, we have the Dr. Dallison on again tonight. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Classy. Christopher Crossley yeah. on again here tonight with us too. Um, this one, fellas, it's, I don't want to say it's a tricky one. I think it's its one that is a very serious one um, and one that I think we, I'm glad that we had opportunity to address it because of the fact that this happens to so many people unknowingly. And when I say unknowingly, not just to them unknowingly, like sometimes you can re- can't really identify it as it's happening. But to people on the outside looking in, like they'll be looking at you and not even know that you're going through different things. Um, you know, I, I shared earlier in the episode that we had that I face depression. Um, and I've always wrote about the fact that is this the face of depression? Meaning if you look at me, could you tell that I'm going through these things? And most times, no. Um, right. I think when we talk about this here and, and this uh, podcast gives us a, an opportunity to be a little bit more um transparent and, and to kind of flow with the conversation i think for me depression has played a major part one because i had to change my environment many many years ago um and be kind of like self-sufficient with a lot of things and sometimes i felt like i didn't have anyone to talk to i felt like you know i was missing my family and i felt like there was so much stuff that i just didn't know how to cope with at that time and it really kind of put me into this dark place um and i I also had to really figure out, like, did I want to stay in that place? Now, it's not always that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to you first because I feel like, you know, I, I love the fact that we have you in the house here as well with us too because I think you have a good understanding of what it is. And then we have all three of us collectively will be able to figure out what can we do to help people who are going through the same type of thing, even right now, you know, even right right, right now. So. The doc, yeah. when you when we talk about like anxiety and stuff, what what is anxiety? If you think about that, well, anxiety, you know, I, I like to make the distinctions because anxiety um, is different from being anxious or feeling anxious. You know, I just want to put out there first because everybody feels anxious at one point or the other, but not everybody has anxiety. You know, and anxiety, as I try to put it most simply, anxiety is an extreme concern for the future Um, and it's not the future as in next week next year next five years but it's the future as in the next moment what what's going to happen in a couple minutes or what's going to happen in this interaction what's going to happen you know if i say this what's going to happen next so so the and the concern for the future is like the immediate future and the thing about anxiety is that it really is connected to triggers um, and trauma traumatic events that would have occurred in your past so very often a person who deals with severe anxiety or has severe anxiety challenges it is because they would have experienced some traumatic event and so they are dealing with a post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic mindset which whenever they are easily triggered or they are put in sorry whenever they're put into a situation where they are triggered to feel that they would experience the same thing they felt before, whether that thing that they felt was loss or death or or abandonment or rejection or humiliation even, um, when they go back into a situation that feels familiar, 
you know that's the thing it feels familiar it may not be familiar but it feels familiar um, that for them triggers them into panic attacks it triggers them mm -hmm. into irrational thinking it triggers them into irrational yeah, behavior yeah. responses and so um, anxiety is not something that we can just use lightly um, but I'm glad I'm, I'm glad the way you started it when you spoke about your experiences with depression because Depression itself is also connected to an extreme worry or concern about things in the past. So very often persons who are dealing with major depressive disorder or some level of the depressive disorder, um, they are concerned about things in their past. They're concerned about um, the way things turned out for them in the past. They're concerned about things that happened to them in the past. And they're still affected by the psychological pain connected to those events in the past. And you know, even for depression, too, I tell people, there's a difference between being sad and being depressed. You can even be extremely sad and you're still not depressed, you know? But I think because our society has not yet fully normalized um, the reality of mental illness, um, that many persons are out here dealing with anxiety and having extreme issues with anxiety and still being a high a high performance um sufferer of anxiety and there are persons out there who are depressed like clinically depressed diagnosed as having a depressive disorder but because they are high function the high functioning performers in society because you don't think that they're looking like they're depressed in your mind they're not depressed and they can't be depressed because you live in your life and you're balling and so on um, i remember chris though you spoke in the episode we were talking about um, that that one that people don't like to really name too much, this this one called suicide. Like, really walk us through that. But like, how how was that for you, honestly? Well, the thing is, right now there is no way to explain it because when you get into the things that would trigger you emotionally, right? Now I always say no man is happy if his finances isn't in, in order. Right. And for me at the time, it was uh, a, a bunch of things besides finances. There was no self-esteem, hating my job. Um, I really don't think, I can't remember if I was in a relationship the first time or not. You know, for me, I was in like a place didn't, that didn't make sense. And I, as I said in the episode, I felt as though I was sentenced to life instead of someone that was given life. You wow. Know? And the only thing for me that made sense was like, why, why do you hear? <laughs> it will make sense I hear if, if it is this how life's supposed to feel or life seems to be stuck in this cycle of feeling. Right. So it, it kept coming back to me like, look, dude, just remove yourself from the equation. And the equation will be fine for anybody because I think if you're not here, nobody's going to actually miss such a nature are you actually impacting anybody in any way by being here no are you helping anybody's life by being here no so i i heard all the no's as into why me not being around is actually good hmm that's yeah that's deep that's really really deep you know i literally told myself dude everything seems to be positive if you're not wrong you wouldn't have to worry about money you would your, your family wouldn't have to study about if it is you do be successful. You, you know, I mean, it was like a lot of things said. Hey, it's better if you're not here. That's that's serious. I mean, right? When you, when God spoke about the depression, um, was there 
you said that there was a time like you know you just feel like you had nobody to talk to like what what was what was that experience like well that that you know people talk about being um lonely and being alone you know mm-hmm. two different two different things yeah <laughs> right um you know lonely and being alone and i like to spend time um by myself so that part i don't have a problem with but i think i think the part that really affected me um was the fact that the family wasn't too close by and the ease in which i could communicate with them or sit down and have a conversation and and see you know go back and forth in these type of conversation settings or context is what i missed a lot from that mm. so being here now we don't have that that's one less thing that you could use as a coping mechanism if you want to think about it like that so right. it, feel like okay well all right so what do i have then what do i have that i could use what i do i have that would help me to kind of kind of take me out of it beside myself who else could help that's how i was thinking about it and it's only later on i realized that you know i didn't really need much people to take me out of it but i did need the support so without the support i really felt like it was just me dealing with all of it by myself i felt like nobody else would understand so sometimes you would get people who might be willing to listen and you don't want to talk to them anyhow because you're like well you don't understand what i'm saying and then you know uh, we touched on something earlier and you know people talk about that, like anxiety and all these other things and they kind of use it so loosely that sometimes That's when it. you really want to talk about it people be like ah you be okay boy oh you're depressed all right cool right, you'll be yeah. fine just go and sleep go and sleep have a drink yeah, yeah go sleep yeah. tomorrow when you get up you'll mm-hmm. be fine but you don't understand that this is, um, you know, it, it, and it touches definitely a topic we had before in the episode, mind of the, the mind of a man. Like it's in your mind. Like a lot of it is a mental struggle that you're not going to see on the outside. You know, so if I go yeah, and you, sleep and I get up tomorrow, it's still there. It's still there. Dude, you mentioned that. People said, I remember once I was, I was offered sex, boy. And I was like, she's like, you know what? You need some sex. Come on, let me go. Wow. Like, wow. 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 Nah, prostituting my vulnerability, yo. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you know, but this one, this one is now weaponization. You know, this one is actually you are trying to manipulate me and prostitute my vulnerability because you feel that my psycho-emotional issues can be satisfied by sex. Now, let me keep it all the way real. Let me, let me keep it all the way real. Sometimes you be under a little pressure. And a physical release can really, really a help little, you. A little vent is be, nice yeah, it could be it could help you. But I if you're going through something serious, right? What? You're going through something, you're feeling something deeply. You are disturbed by something. You feel that some sex just going and make but it doc, feel better. Doc, I think I think what it comes back to is do they understand that part of it? You know, and this is why the conversation is so important because like somebody who do that might say, hey, this is as far as I understand, maybe it will help you. So maybe they're mixing up with the release thing with, you know, and, and yeah. I say these conversations are so they confuse a release and an outlet because there's a difference between a release well, right. and an outlet. Can, because I released like, from my I could release from my my reproductive organ, but <laughs> I I have an outlet mentally and emotionally because I'm able to safely talk about the things that have been on my mind. But Chris, you were saying that this young, this young lady offered you some sex. What's I really want to, you? let me explore that. I, yes, want, I, want, to, about I want to hear about that young lady because I mean, that prostitute and that, that vulnerability thing is a problem. But, you know, for, for before Chris jump in there, for me, um, I, I am really, as a mental health professional, I am really, and triggered is a strong term, so I don't want to use it here, but I'm really affected 
when I see people misdiagnosing and just trivializing emotional disturbance. Like, especially for men, you see the episode we spoke about in the mind of a man, and especially for men, um, I, I observe when men are in their head. You see, when men are in their heads and men are really, really desirous of having an open, real, vulnerable conversation, but they just don't feel safe, they go into that flight or fright and fight mode and they really become aggressive and defensive or they just do the opposite. They just shut all the way down and they have nothing to say. And I've seen women, I mean, I have also been one of those men. I've, I've seen women trying their best with the limited knowledge that they have or with the extensive knowledge that they have, trying to make men feel safe enough to talk to. But sometimes, you know, I don't want to make it seem that all women don't understand and all women don't help us feel safe. But I, I, I kind of want to challenge us, even though we're talking about the challenges that we have. But I kind of want to, to challenge us as men, just individual men, to raise the bar um, and acknowledge the fact that there are times when our women try to make us feel safe. There are times when they try to help us communicate and share things and they, they, you know, they create a no-judgment zone. But we feel so deeply about whatever the thing is and we are so affected whether it be by anxiety or depression you know and as chris was saying earlier with, with the irrationality of the thoughts where sometimes you feel like yo if i am not here maybe things will be better and you you so underestimate and you so downplay the value of your life that you tell yourself maybe if i'm not here that you know things will be better but i'm i'm also not saying that a person who has these thoughts that they are wrong because I'm not about re-victimizing the victim. You understand what I mean? I right. believe that people are entitled to be emotionally healthy. And I also acknowledge that there are people who are having really challenges and they just want to feel safe. Like, what do you think about that? This episode is sponsored by Piaco Air Services. Interested in aviation ground handling and international shipping? Call us today at 868-240-4963. Piaco Air Services. Delivering excellence. What we do best. Everybody wants a space where I want to say everybody knows your name, but a place where you know you are understood. Right. That's what I'm looking for. Understood. Right. And in a space that is judgment free. Because I think a lot of times we we don't get that because we think that judgment will instantly be cast upon us. Thinking, well, why are you thinking so? What happened to you? You know, you know, and you don't want that. At the same time, it always comes back. The point is you're trying to share where you're feeling at that point under this situation or circumstance, this burden that you're feeling. But because you know the response wouldn't be anything that could be applicable or nobody relates, you just okay. keep that. And I always say it's either you'll implode or explode. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. I think the safety part of it is something that, that I personally think was missing a lot i think to feel like you could go to somebody and they could listen to you to understand instead of listen to respond i think that's one of the things that i i don't feel as though i personally had when when i went through my depression i mm. felt that when i did talk to somebody it was more of like i said the quick fix like well go out you know get some rest or take some time by yourself i'm like that's the problem 
<laughs> like that's the problem I, I come into you to talk about because i feel i want to get some of this stuff out and the thing is that that's where you're looking for you're looking for somebody to listen to what you have on your mind because you feel as though outlet an outlet yeah, not a release an outlet about mm. it and it come out of there and then you could kind of you know we could have some type of conversation it does make you feel better you know you know and and for that's sure. it's only until i got that type of person who was the outlet and who understood hey i just need to listen to him to talk a little bit let him see what's on his mind Maybe we'll have a little conversation in between there and it will continue to be like that and it will help to take him out of where he is. You know, and, and I think yeah. that was his key for me because now I realize that, okay, this person listening to understand and like Chris said, the judgment part of it, you know, it comes back to even what we said in the first time about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If I open it up to you and you pick to judge me, well, I ain't open up to you anymore and I have to go right back to deal, deal with it by myself. I think I think the, the thing that I like I like I like to underscore too is that for our communities, um, and I, I'm I'm here speaking about black mental health, you know, um, and then even more intimately or more directly to black male mental health, um, in our community, it is so taboo. Like I really that's why I do what I do, guys, because it is so taboo that I just have dedicated the rest of my life to helping other persons not just feel safe. In their thoughts and their emotions and and to be and to to feel free or empowered more so to express how they feel but i just work assiduously day in and day out to really change the narrative and to really change the stigma to get rid of the stigma you know because i think that if we continue to to to, to have our society one way if somebody acknowledges or somebody admits or shares with you that they're going they're going to see a mental health professional because they're having some some challenges or they don't feel too right in their mind you know they don't feel too right in their heart and they don't like how they they're behaving and so on and they want some assistance like why would you even trivialize that like when somebody recognizes that the person who they trust or the persons who they trust or try to trust are the ones who are trivializing their emotions, minimizing their experience, and just acting like it's nothing. Um, you really drive people to do some some hurtful things to themselves. What do you think? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah. See, we have to be so careful because I always say human beings are mean. And that is the, true. The reactions that we get sometimes to things that could be concerned or, or, or within you deeply. Mm-hmm. And then people treat it so trivial or light as though it has zero importance when you are there struggling with it. Right. You know, that is what makes you think that you're not with it. You know, because this is what you're feeling, this is what you value, yet nobody else values it. Mm. So why have like- Mm, so it's like it's like you have these emotions, and you want, as God was saying, you really want to share. You want to talk to somebody. You want to feel understood, right? Um, but for whatever reason, people are just not getting you, or they're not getting the importance of what you're sharing, and it makes you feel. It reinforces the feeling lonely. Like like I I talk about you know feeling lonely in a crowded room. And there are a lot of people walking around now who are surrounded by people, right? Where they are not, they are not physically alone, 
but they feel mentally lonely, emotionally lonely, because they just feel like they can't be understood by anybody. And I think that this pain, this is, is a real, I, I like to underscore that psychological pain and emotional pain is as painful as physical pain. And so I, I, I've, I've spoken to some people who are battling, you know, wrestling, suicide and so on. And they actually echoed some of the sentiments you said, Chris, like they said, I remember one client I had, she said to me, she said, I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting to just go through every day. I'm tired of not feeling like I have somebody who really is invested in me. Like I'm tired of having to wake up and show up and feel the same painful things every single day. And, you know, to, to, to her at that time, she felt like maybe taking my life was the best way. If you go on her social media, like she was jovial, gregarious, she was talking and saying these different things. And I mean, um, you are she's she's there engaging people on social media, but nobody would understand what is going on in the privacy of really the Yeah, because she's really asking, she's really asking. some attention, but it's not yeah. the attention that you think on the level. And so sometimes you know we need to be able to go um beyond the surface of what people are showing especially because suicide doesn't have a face anxiety doesn't have a face depression doesn't have a face stress might have a face though you know yeah, so, yeah stress might have a face mm -hmm. what, I, what i realized in my journey with wanting to be more i've, I've always have always been ambitious mm -hmm. the fact that i felt so proud right and thinking right. that things wasn't changing. And I realized that people around me literally accepted life for how it was. Like when I was, I remember I was in, in, in an office once and I was doing some work by a photocopy machine and I was there like, this can't be like, this can't be like this. And the, one of the co-workers, she was like, boy, this is just how it is. You can learn, you're young still. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I say, you accept your life to be this. <laughs> right. right. I said, right. I do not. And this is sending me crazy and i'm like this can't be life and when people are wrong you accept that i don't want to say life is mediocre but when people accept a certain level of life and you are trying to excel and change and grow and you keep seeing yourself staying in one cycle of you know what seems this kind of perpetuity of nothing yeah. <laughs> it, it gets to you and people accept that and you're fighting to change it and yes. you're like you know what this is not changing and i can't exist in a world where everybody okay with this nonsense so that's cycle. Yeah, you it's know, true. one of the things that I one of the things that I would talk about too, even in you know, when I was dealing with the depression, part of it is that and something that I do a lot more now, mm -hmm. like checking in on friends just to see how they're doing. Especially your strong going, friends, checking on your strong yeah, friends. I remember going flat and I remember saying to myself, they had like a couple of people that literally would check God, just check on me for no apparent reason, just to see how I doing. And that had helped me a lot. And I think, you know. The doctor mentioned something about the community that we're in, right? The community of, of, of black men. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that people really do. Like we hardly ever do that because they have so many things attached to if, if somebody was to do that. So like I've had to be more aware of I need to check on my strong friends too to see how they're doing. Not, not how the Instagram doing or not how the Facebook doing, <laughs> but to see how they're doing. Like giving them out. And, and, you know, one of the things I kind of got to, I removed from part of the list of when it comes to that is I don't really text people as much anymore. I try to call them, you know, mm -hmm. so I say, Hey, I just okay. need to call. 
I say, listen, let me call you back. I want to call you back because I want to hear your voice. You know what I mean? A text message, you can send me a smiley face emoji. You can send me all the things that you want to send me and not be, not, I can't hear it in your voice, especially sure. if you're a friend of mine. I could hear something in your voice or I could say, I will, you know, talk a little bit longer and see what happening. I think the other part of it too is that, like, you know, we have professionals in the field. You know, like mm-hmm. I do the empowerment agent uh, for the DMN project and I, we talk to young men and, and men just to have coaching conversations. Delson does you know, like dives deeper into to the mentality of stuff on there. Science and, yeah. And, yeah. and we have them in the communities. So we have to be able to utilize that. And that's why I say these type of conversations are supposed to help to uh, motivate people to say, hey, we have people in our communities that do care and that are qualified to help us with things that we don't know. You know, and, and I think that's a major thing when it, when it comes to like being able to be open to that you know i had to be open to the conversation i had to be open to reaching out and sit down and talk to somebody about it because if i wasn't open i would continue the cycle you know well, um, i was gonna say allow me to share with you guys from just as you mentioned it like from the perspective of 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 you know being a mental professional like honestly we spoke about it on, on the podcast before you know we mentioned it on the episode as well but that whole thing about safety, like I really try to not undermine it or undervalue it or undermention it because it makes the difference between somebody believing that they can dust themselves off and pick up themselves to live another day and somebody who's saying, I have no hope, I have no support, I don't want this pain, I don't feel safe to share with anybody and so it's better I remove myself from the equation. Like the difference there is an environmental safety. And I think, you know, just communication styles too, like that thing that God was talking about where, you know, sometimes you don't hear about, you hear from your friends and you, you go in and you, you, you check in and so on. Um, I do that, I do that, not just because, you know, my, my job or my career requires me to care about people, but I do it just because I care about people. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes yeah, yeah, you yeah, check yeah. in on somebody in a way that is very organic and real, right? And it, sometimes I, I am just somewhere and the, the Holy Spirit might say, yo, message Chris. And I message Chris. And at that time when I message Chris, I say, how are you going, boy? We're going on today. And he said, boy, today's a real hard one. Just like like that moment, in that moment, like you could really be saving lives, you know. But some of us, then some of us, you know, we tell us as well. I am a, I am a texter. I am not a talker, and so on. And it goes back to challenging yourself to raise your level of communication too. But honestly, sometimes when we just reach out to people, not for a motive, not with an ulterior motive, not with an agenda, but just reach out to people because you care about people and you love your friends. And you're concerned about your family. Just reach out to somebody, even your strongest friend, your friend who is the most qualified, most stable, the one who seems to be the one that has all of their, their things together and their ducks in a row. Just reach out to people. You never know you'll be saving our life, saving our friendship, and, and just changing the world one conversation at a time. This episode is sponsored by Piaco Air Services. Interested in aviation ground handling and international shipping? Call us today at 868-240-4963. Piaco Services, delivering excellence as well.
what we do best. For me, I just I want to close actually by saying, you know what, men need to be okay with getting help. You gotta be okay with accepting help. You gotta be okay with seeking help because nobody could do it for you but you. All right. If you not if you're not into journaling, all right. If you're not into doing meditation, if you think that you don't have a friend that you can confide in, you can seek medical professional help. I should say, and it's okay. It really is okay to get help. Feel free to visit your, your nearest um, mental health clinic. All right, I'm sure there, there are a lot of um, those hotlines out right now. I mean, because it's something that has been to the forefront now. A lot of awareness, awareness have been, you know, being pushed. So come on, guys. I mean, I always tell people, feel free to inbox me many times because I'd rather hear what's going on with you than to hear... You know, KO went on with you. Exactly. Yeah, that, that I prefer to hear what's going on. That's correct. I, I don't want that. I don't want that, honestly. And mm-hmm. I remember for a year, for um, No Shave November month, and I actually put it up on, on my Instagram. And I was surprised. I, I got gents reaching out to me from all Israel. You know, wow. going through a lot of different things. And, you know, it's just something we have to be willing to do to help each other, honestly. And men, it's I okay. understand. It's okay. Yeah, so, I think that's that's a good topic there, and, and definitely sharing that with people because we need to be able to be open enough to seek help, especially from the professionals that we have. Um, all right, guys. So I mean, tonight tonight podcast was definitely a little bit more to the point and a little bit more serious when it comes to dealing with these things. So this things happening everywhere. Um, it happens to people. Some people, you know, we don't even know. Um, and I think all three of us have identified things that we've had to deal with. Correct. And, some we have overcome and some, you know, we deal with almost every day. Overcoming. Some of us yeah. are able, you know, overcoming and some of us are dealing with it and have people in our families and those people close to us deal with it as well. So the, the idea of reaching out to somebody, visiting your nearest mental health clinic, definitely something that would work. Uh, like I said, in our communities, there are people that are qualified. I mean, not just your friend to talk to, but somebody that's really qualified to be able to help to deal with these issues and to help you to overcome these things as well. So we want to encourage everybody to, to do that. Um, we want to encourage you guys to pay attention to the podcast, yes. But we wanted to really take some time and, and really try to understand what is going on and, and be in touch with self a little bit more. I think I had mentioned that earlier uh, yeah. on the episode. So I think, you know, if, if we have one takeaway, guys, I know we, we cannot run out of time, but if we had one takeaway in terms of Chris and, and, and Delson, what would be something that you would just tell somebody that maybe going through some of these things right now in terms of, something that could help some piece of advice my um my organic advice is unless your good friend is a therapist your good friend is not a therapist i have been that good friend who has been a therapist for many many of my friends and that served them well even me (laughs) but um i also see the disservice that some people do to themselves but i understand it is because again they don't feel safe um but i i see the disservice that some people do because you just go to to a friend who you think could listen to you, but your friend could listen to you, but not necessarily be able to give you tips and techniques and tools about how you know you could change certain things. So um, as a mental health professional, I'm making a shameless plug to um, enter into a virtual community, such as mine, you know, yours, DMN Project, you know, Delhi Digest, you know, Modern Connoisseur. So we, have, we, have, we have networks, you know, that you can reach out to um, and please, let's normalize 
um, mental illness. Let's normalize the importance of mental health and let us work together to create more safe spaces so people can, so we could hear about more um, wonderful things as opposed to, you know, hearing obituaries and reading tragic things in the newspapers. Like, let's help people feel safer in their minds and their hearts so that we could just build a better society. Chris? Your skills and ability is needed. And I always tell people the richest place in the world is the graveyard. Let us not add any more to it. I want you to live full. So when you die, you die empty. Instead of taking it that you want, don't get the experience or learn of what it is you have to give. Yeah, my, my touch on this was just to kind of learn oneself, to kind of tap into oneself. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll keep that short because we had discussed that earlier too, but that mainly to learn oneself and to really try to pay attention to the things that you learn about yourself and help to deal with all the things that you have to overcome as well. So anyhow, guys, listen, again, thank you very much. I think, like I said, this was a good discussion. We had uh, the after the after show, after the episode, definitely is, is a little bit more open and a little bit more diving a little bit deeper into the conversation. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, as Chris had mentioned in terms of reaching out to us separately, um, you can reach the Dr. Delison Charles at Delhi Digest. Uh, you can reach Mr. Crossley at Mr. Crossley, sir. Uh, and you can reach me at I am God Vozer. Uh, we, we're definitely open to inbox messages. Uh, if somebody definitely needs to go to that route, um, if they just need to, to somebody to talk to a little bit, that we're open to that. This is the idea. We are behind. here. That's great. That's, that's the idea behind the fellas coming on to share all these topics with you. So we do want you to feel alone, especially in those times. Reach out to us if you need to. Again, Doc at Delhi Digest. Crossley, Mr. Classy at Mr. Crossley, sir. sir. And God was at simply, I am God was it. So, guys, tune in again with us next week, Monday, the after show, after the episode for some real conversations. I am God was it. I am Dallas and Charles. I am Christopher Crossley. We are, we are the fellas. The fellas. <laughs> with us, guys. Take care. Thank you.